Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash skills. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on the James Altucher Show. Uh, let's say you were going to start right now. What would you do right now if you were going to start an internet marketing business or an internet commerce business? Yeah, so, and, and, and I think about it as just business. I mean, the internet is a location. Right. What I would do today is, number one, you have to start off with something that's truly a great product. Hopefully that goes without saying. You, know, you have to have a product or a service or an idea or something that that's good and that's meaningful. How do you know what's good, though? Well, you, you got to go out there. I mean, you got to believe in it, right? And, and sometimes you're just delusional. And on the other end of the spectrum, there's so many people sitting there right now listening to this with some amazingly great ideas, but they don't believe in themselves. What can they do to... to What's the first step in having belief in yourself? It's hard for everybody. It is. And I think it's first an acknowledgement that it is hard for everyone, but also an acknowledgement that being extraordinary isn't that hard, isn't that much more work. It's extraordinary. And everyone is so astoundingly ordinary. And so it does take, the hope is that someone just believes enough that they'll take that first step. But sometimes what it takes is somebody believing in them, you know, and doing it. But at the end of the day, look, put something out there. Put a product out there, put an idea out there, put a book out there, write a blog post, right? If, if it gets traction, then it's good. Yes, it should be seen. So I've got Ryan Dice with me. I would say you are the peak performer in the internet marketing space. Anyone who doesn't know your name, anybody in the internet marketing space knows who you are. And it's kind of like, you know, you're the name. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? Great, James. So Ryan, we're in Austin right now. Um, we met like five or six years ago in Austin, mm-hmm. Tucker Max introduced us. Yeah. We, were, we were constantly figuring out ways to do business together. And kind of over the years, we've sort of crossed paths on business quite a few times, I would say. Yeah, it, it's, you know, having this many mutual friends, this many common interests, I think it's, you know, it's going to happen. But I like that we've never forced it. Yeah, we've never forced it. Never forced it. And and uh, when there's been opportunities, we've, we've you know, kind of tackled tackle them and, you know, and there haven't we backed off so and and over the past five years I've seen you rise from you know let's say good quality entrepreneur to now you're like the biggest name in internet marketing you have a huge di- internet marketing company called digital marketers I really appreciate getting to know you over the past five years and in fact I spoke at your conference last um, fall I guess it was what, what was the name of that conference uh, content and commerce summit and it was one of my funnest talks ever. I don't even know if you listened to it because I knew you were so busy running the conference, but there was, was a huge audience. 
How did I do? What was the feedback? It was amazing. Yeah, it was one of the highest rated uh, talks that we had, and everybody just, you know, you've you've got a uh, a way of just speaking uh, truth in in a way that I think everybody appreciates. And there's just no BS about it. And for that audience, because that was really about you know bringing together both uh, e-commerce, you know, physical product sellers, and and kind of the the content world, you know, the content producers, the bloggers, podcasters. Because because the commerce sellers, the guys with products, are trying to get the bloggers to write about them, and that's yep. that's part of the idea is this whole notion of content marketing. Don't just put up an ad. Get people to really discuss why what you're doing is good. Yeah, well, both sides need each other, right? And it's this kind of perpetual grass is greener. So we just brought them both in the same room and said, let's see what happens. Uh, and, and so for you, who has experience on both of those fronts, right? You've, you know, you've sold stuff, whether it's digital information, and obviously you know, you're heavy on the content side, what we're doing right now. Uh, that's why I thought you were a great fit. And but, but at the same time, like my, going into there, I felt like, oh my God, these guys are going to be all super marketers with this heavy, like, all of the latest Google, Facebook, whatever tricks. I'm not going to know anything. So I just, basically, I wanted to go in there and make them laugh and tell stories the entire time. Which yeah. Well, you know what's they funny did laugh. About, about digital marketing is um, there's not all the efficiencies that there once were, right? It, it used to be, I mean, I remember when I first got started, then um, this was back in uh, 1999. I made my very first sale online in 1999. What was it? Uh, it was selling, of all things, uh, an ebook on how to make your own baby food. Uh, how to make your own baby food? Yes. How do you make your own baby food? Uh, Sounds you, gross. You, it, it's pretty disgusting. Yeah, I mean, you wind up having to like steam vegetables and mash them up and things like that. The reason that I created it's kind of an interesting story. So um, I wanted to get into the dot, you know, the dot com space was what it was called, like in the nineties. So here I am, you know, a freshman at the University of Texas at Austin, right down the road from where we are right now. You were a freshman. You were eighteen years old. Yeah, I was eighteen years old, and I wanted to, I wanted to break into this space. I didn't know how to do it, um, and so my buddy. Uh, knew how to do web design. And so he kind of taught me in a weekend how to do web design on Adobe Go Live, right? Which doesn't really even exist anymore. So I could design a very, very, very simple web page. So I went out, told all these companies, hey, I'm a web designer, I'm a web designer. Um, nobody would really hire me. Got hired by one, then they went out of business, probably because they were hiring idiots who didn't actually know how to design web websites. But and so, so I, I'm now starting to do freelance work. And the only person who would hire me was a lactation consultant. Do you know what those are? Yeah, someone who helps mothers um, pump yeah, uh, breastfeed. Yeah, help, yeah. With, help with breastfeeding. So it's here amazing though that someone wait, gets out of bed one day and says, I'm going to make this my career and be a lactation professional. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God, as the father of four children, wife who you know, nursed all of them, I'm very thankful for people in that profession. But at the time, as an 18-year-old kid, it was really awkward um, building a website for a lactation consultant, you know, because I've got all these like pictures of like breast pumps and stuff like that. And like my roommate's like, man, you're into some like really creepy porn kind of thing. <laughs> I'm like trying to explain like, no, it's a it's a job. Well, this this woman, like, nice lady, but she couldn't afford to pay me. And one of the things that I created for her to try to help her get leads was this little ebook on how to make your own baby food. Thinking like, you know, people who are into this, like maybe they got kids, having some other things. And in retrospect, it was stupid because if you want to make baby food, you probably already have a kid. But you know, she said, look, keep the little ebook, you know, that you made. So I, I took that book and I, I put it up for sale. PayPal had just come out and built a simple little website. And, uh, and I made that. But how know, did you, that so there was no, um, obviously there was no Amazon that was allowing you to just upload books and sell right. them. You had to sell them directly from your website. Yeah. Or, or did you sell it on eBay or something? No, no, I sold it direct. I built a very simple one page website. And this was the thing kind of where I was going. Like it, back then, you know, this was really, Google was there, but it was basically a science fair project, right? right. Um, so we were optimizing for like AltaVista, you know, and, and the big like, 
How do you, you know, optimize for that with like search, meta tags and yeah, stuff? Yeah, well, what was funny is all you had to do was put, you know, repeat the same keyword again and again and again at the bottom of the page. And the big hack, like the big growth hack back then was, was to make it would, invisible. Yeah, well, you would make it the same color as the background. Yeah, right. right. And just blew people's minds. So there were all these, and I remember when Google AdWords, you know, I was buying traffic on goto.com, which became overture.com, which became Yahoo, you know, search. Yeah. And then when Google AdWords came out and now you didn't, the minimum bid wasn't a nickel, which is what it was on Overture, which just seemed insanely expensive. What, you what bid words all the were you buying? Like, like breast well, at, at this point, you know, by the time I, I had I had graduated, or by the time I was a senior, I was in literally hundreds of different markets with all these stupid little websites selling, you know, little pieces of you know software was whether it was like a pop up blocker, you know, or something like that. Um, so and wait, it was a so, giant mess of of things. So you so you obviously had some success from selling this ebook about making breast food, but breast. I mean, yeah, so I got food. through selling like one or two a day. You know? One or two a day. Yeah. How much were you selling it for? I think it was around. I think I was selling it for like nine ninety five. But okay, so. so you were a college student. Yeah, so it was, it was paying... all the money in the world. Yeah, like all the money in the world. I mean, my rent was you know shared rent was like two hundred bucks. And did it? It so. must have excited you, like oh my gosh, like I don't have to work in the school cafeteria doing yeah. crappy jobs. Like I can actually just keep making some of these these little products. And and I and you kind of developed a methodology for selling. And it seems like you kept evolving it as the internet evolved. And so by the yeah. time you were senior year, just a few years later, how much were you making then? Uh, my senior year of college, I, I, I made, I generated over $100,000 in revenue. Oh my but gosh. I didn't know it was a lot of money. So I still went and got a job. Uh, it well, wasn't what was your profit until, on, on the $100,000? Oh, I, I mean, I, you know, I wasn't keeping track of all that stuff. But thinking back on it now, it had to have been, you know, 60% at least. Because mm -hmm. most of it then was generated by organic. I was getting into the into the ad buying um, I was paying people to produce, you know, ebooks. This is when uh, uh, you had the different, um, you know, what it, it was Elance and all these different yeah. sites that were coming online then. So you could hire overseas people to to write things. I like mean, what was the sample book you were doing then? The so in addition to how to make your own baby food, gosh, I had I had books on pretty much any topic. If you were looking for it in Google, there were lots of, of things on just different ways to lose weight. Um, so you had a sense you know, right was, away of getting into the classic industries of oh yeah, yeah well everything was where is there what are people searching for you could use tools like you know Google AdWords had these tools and there was Word Tracker that would tell you what people were searching for so I would just look at what are the top things that people are searching for I'd go and search for it and say well these listings aren't you know there's nobody really selling anything here so I can compete but back then it was easy right it was hard to do certain things it was hard to put up a website it was hard to take money but it was it was easy to get attention. Today, it's hard. And so really what wins today, you know, kind of what you were saying, it's not necessarily all the tactics. Like you need to know how to do that, but kind of everybody needs to know how to do that. What wins today um, it really is the best, the best storytellers. You know, the people who you have to have the best product, but you've got to um, you've got to be the best at explaining what you do, at articulating your value such that people say, holy crap, I get it and I want it. Right, and then you've got to have good business economics so that you can afford to acquire customers. So it has to be like a unique vision that is head over heels above all the scammy stuff that's below. Like, let, let's just take diets, which is such a scammy industry. Right. Okay, I have to be able to say either I went from 300 pounds to 200 pounds, and this is how I did it. You could believe me or not, but this is my story. You could buy the book or not. And then, you know, kind of sell from this point of authenticity. Or you have to say, 
I'm a doctor and I've done all this research and here are these other doctors who believe in what I'm saying and I've been published in these academic journals. So you have this kind of social proof and, and, and proof and authority. Um, so you have to have some kind of thing that puts you head over heels above everyone else and then you have to do all the tricks. Yeah, especially when you're in a market that's that competitive. I mean, you have to be articulating a value in such a way that that people don't just brush on me like, yeah, I've heard that a billion times. And sometimes what it means, especially in a competitive market, you look at a company like Beachbody, right? So they're, they're senior VP of marketing and acquisitions, uh, former, he, he left and has since gone off on his own. He's a friend of mine. Um, and what was so fascinating about their pitch, you know, you think about like the insanity pitch. Like, have you ever seen that offer? No. The insanity workout? It basically goes something like this. This is going to be the hardest workout you're ever going to do in your entire life. It's going to suck so madly. You're going to hate your life. You're probably going to vomit during the warm-up routine, but it works, right? Now, that pitch shockingly worked because everybody went, well, I believe that. You know, you can't not believe so, it. So it's almost like- Because it was, the, it was kind of the opposite. So now, if you went and did that pitch 20 years ago when everybody just wants to pop a pill and lose weight, nobody would believe it. So you've got to be evaluating- um, you know, where is the market today, right? What, what are the things that, that they're hearing a lot of? What are they disregarding? You know, what are they believing? And, and it's funny, it has less to do with, with about being unique. Everybody wants to come up with a unique selling proposition. I'm a big fan of coming up with a, with a statement of value, right? Clearly articulating, because um, I think this is all marketing ever What do you mean by statement of value? So when we think of a USP, a unique selling proposition, you're saying this is where this is how my product is unique from my competitors, right? So it's product-centric. It's, it's here's where we're better than those guys. You kind of wind up getting into a bit of a pissing contest with your competitors, though. And the customers are sitting there looking at you going, we don't care about you guys. You're not talking to us. It's a bit like politicians today. Right. You know, and the rest of us looking and be like, you guys are just duking it out and none of you are talking to us. Right, you almost um, have to reframe the conversation the way yeah, a lot of politics today. Yeah, and all you got to do is turn back to them and, and just start talking to them. And so a statement of value just articulates in its clearest form, here's where you are today. This is your before state. So you're expressing empathy. I understand where you are today. Um, and, and here's where you know, this product, this service is going to take you, your desired after state. That's all products, businesses, if they're successful, all they're ever doing is moving people from a less desirable before state to a more desirable after state. All marketing ever does is articulate that shift. It expresses that shift so that people understand, okay, I understand what you're saying. I understand that you understand me. I understand where you want to take me. I want to go there too. Let's do this thing. Uh, I'm fascinated by this stuff because I remember when we were first having dinner, and again, this is like five years ago or, or whenever it was, and you know, one of your partners says to me, he points to some guy walking around at the bar and he says, see that guy? And I said, sure. And he says, I could take that guy and make him a U.S. congressman. Yeah. Because <laughs> he could like, he, he knew the techniques to market anything yeah. about anybody. And so what I did was, uh, about a year later, I figured, okay, I'm going to run for Congress. Yeah. And I called up your, your buddy and I said, what, what should I do? And he came up with, just off the top of his head, he came up with such crazy and innovative ideas to win for Congress. He did one day of research, right. and then he called me back, and he came up with such crazy ideas that they were remarkable. And I tried them for a little while, and then I said, you know what, this is just, there's a lot of other issues about just simply running for Congress that I don't want to deal with, that <laughs> I didn't do it. But it was amazing to see the marketing mind at work. So, so again, like if you were going to, uh, let's say you were going to start right now and I don't know, you, you sell stuff in the survivalist, but you sell stuff all over uh, in, in many different categories. Yep. What would you do right now if you were going to start like an internet marketing business or an internet commerce business? Yeah, so, and, and, and I think about it as just business, 
right? Uh, I mean, the internet is is a location, right? Right. It and you know, digital marketing or internet marketing. That's just a that's that's applying marketing principles, which is really just communications to a newer medium, uh, to a newer media. So, uh, so what I would do today is number one, you have to start off with something that's truly a great product, like what. Um, you know anything? I mean, anything that is going to to meet a felt need. So when we're selling somebody, we we sell everything from uh, from knives and crossbows to you know makeup brushes and bath bombs. Right? What's a, what's a bath bomb? A bath bomb. It's like it's like think about it like a maybe I don't think seltzer. You, you should take more baths. Clearly, no. Think about it like an alka seltzer, like a giant ball-like Alka-Seltzer with like fragrance oils and all the stuff. So you drop it in your bath and it fizzes and makes everything smell nice. It's like compressed bath salts that fizz. It's the newest kind of oh, coolest thing. I'm, so I'm, we, I'm getting that. So we, you saw me. It's beautiful. Um, so we, we manufacture and, and, uh, and, and sell these. And, and, you manufacture and so. too? Uh-huh. So I think that's been I think that's been kind of the innovative part of one of the innovative parts of your business is that you actually go out to China or wherever yep. and are, you're in charge of the whole process from beginning to end. Like you manufacture all the way to getting it to the customer. Yeah, and those are actually manufactured domestically because it's just you know it's basically a glorified pill press. But so you you need to start with something that's actually good, right? I mean that that hopefully that goes without saying. You know you have to have a product or a service or an idea or something that. That's good, and that's meaningful. how do you know what's good though? Well, you you got to go out there. I mean, you got to believe in it, right? And and sometimes you're just delusional. And on the other end of the spectrum, there's so many people sitting there right now listening to this with some amazingly great ideas, but they don't believe in themselves. So, it's well, what, this, what, what do you mean? And I'm sorry to always interrupt. I, I tend to interrupt, but I get confused. Like, that's what makes this great. Yeah. How, how do you know? The, what does it mean they don't believe in themselves? Like they're afraid to get out of their cubicle. They, they're like, oh, I can't come up with a new product, or I, well, even if I come up with another product, how is anybody gonna? find it or how am I going to ma- I'm not going to do what Ryan does and manufacture it like I don't know how to do that like what what can they do to, to, to what's the first step in having belief in yourself well you're the I mean you're the expert in this when it comes to, to choosing yourself right so far be it for me to, to, to throw out but too it's much hard for here. everybody it is and I think it's, think it's first an acknowledgement that that it is hard for everyone but also an acknowledgement that being extraordinary isn't that hard isn't that much more work it's extraordinary and everyone is so astoundingly ordinary and so it does take, the hope is that someone just believes enough that they'll take that first step. But sometimes what it takes is somebody believing in them, you know, in doing it. So, but at the end of the day, look, put something out there, like put a product out there, put an idea out there, put a book out there, write a blog post, right? If, if it gets traction, then it's good. So it like for should instance, be seen. Let's say, let's say I'm sitting in my cubicle or mm-hmm. I'm listening to this on my commute to work or at the gym. I could maybe think, all right, there's, 500 bad diets out there and they're all scammy things. I'm going to write a little booklet explaining why each diet is scammy, but maybe taking like one or two things from all the best of them and coming up with the simple diet. I'm going to yep. call it the simple diet and I'm going to put out an ebook, uh, 500 scammy diets and one simple diet. And now what's the next step? So I write it. It's 20 yep. pages, 25 pages, and it's great. I think it's great, and other people yeah. read it and lose 10 pounds or whatever. Now what do I do? Yeah, so you just answered the first question, which is what's the value mm-hmm. that you provide? So, so, right? you so, so I, got, I eliminated question. all the scammy yep. diets, and I have this simple diet that yep. works. Yep, so the next question you have to answer is how do I go about articulating that value? Because there's lots of really great ideas that people are terrible at explaining, and so they don't win. And, and so... Putting together, really, I actually go through the process. I make what's called a before and after grid. So on, on one side of the grid, I'll write where I believe my, my market's before state to be. So I'll say, okay, what do they have before or what don't they have that they want? 
You know, how, what's their emotional state? What do they feel before? Um, what's their average day like before? What's their status before? So, so their average day before is they're, they're spending all this money on all these bad diets that don't work and they feel right. bad about their weight and it causes them to lose self-esteem and confidence. Yeah, they're and embarrassed. So they're not getting the best thing, right? So now we, we you know, go to the other side and we say, what's their, what's their after state like? After they've, you know, experienced this product, what's that shift that I can make in their life, right? And so now they have all of these things. Um, so... Now we can craft, you know, the statement of value, which is, hey, you know how these things are true, stating the before state? Well, we found the same to be true. You know, furthermore, we were frustrated that none of the other things work. That's why we put this together and that delivered this after state because we made the following changes. But there's so much content on the internet now. I mean... I, I use it, the word the internet like it's 1995 or whatever. There's so much like... <laughs> on, the, on the information superhighway? Yeah, on the triple dub, w, World Wide Web. Uh, there's so much content out there and it's so spread out. And if I search diet, I hit a billion different things that are much more you know expensive than, than my little site. Um, how, do I, how do I get the word out? How do, I, how do I get people to notice me? Yeah, so that's kind of the third question, which is how am I going to go about acquiring customers uh, predictably and profitably? Right, so now you have to do the research and find out, okay, how am I going to generate awareness for my particular product? Right, I've got this thing. How am I going to generate awareness and cut through? You can buy advertising, right? which is a known, it's a known cost. It's a known value. You can go to Facebook and you can find out how much it's going to cost to generate a click to this website. But let me ask you this. Like, I feel with advertising is so sophisticated now that professional advertising platforms expect you to lose money because their argument to you is you're going to make money on future sales to customers that you get. So it's hard to actually be profitable on those first advertising dollars. I feel, maybe I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. And that's and that's why I said you you have to engineer the economics of your business such that you can afford to acquire to acquire customers. And, and so maybe what that means is, is raising money. Um, maybe just what it means is Having something else to sell them after the fact, like an upsell, like yeah. okay, I here's the ebook for the, for the simple diet, but now we're going to sell you some supplements and so on, and you get affiliate fees or, on supplements. Or on the other side, when they get to the page, saying, "Hey, great, now you have my book." The, the simplest upsell I've ever run in my entire life, and it always works, is just three words: "Want some help?" Mm. Right? Want some help? You now have my book, and if you read the book, it's going to be help. I don't, I, I, I despise with every fiber of my being um, the bait and switch thing where it's like, oh, you have this thing, but oh, that doesn't actually work if you really want it to work. You know, it's like, oh, you wanted a steering wheel with your car, right? That's that's BS, right? Oh my but God, to I say, love this, need some help. So they, they yeah. give them a number and you and they call you? Yeah, or? call you. And 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 the, the best way to do it, because in the beginning when you're first getting started, you almost certainly have more time than money. Mm-hmm. Those two things are always interchangeable, by right. the way. You could typically get more by by spending the other, more of, more of one by spending the other. So to say in the beginning, look, what I want to do is I want to help you. I want to personally, you know, coach you. I want to consult with you. I want to do this, and and you charge them. Maybe you charge them thousands of dollars. You know, I hired a fitness person. I got I got on the scale one day and hit the freak out button a few years back, and I paid a guy an enormous amount of money uh, to kind of coach me through the process of of getting my fat butt back in shape. Right? I mean, it was you know it was five figures because I hit the freak out button that hard. So did you lose it, the weight? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you're looking yeah. good. Yeah, I'm looking. Well, I've I've I managed to find it some of it again, but not all of it, which is thankful. But yeah, I mean, I I, I cut back, you know, quite a bit under his, you know, tutelage and, and, and instruction. But so, because what are you doing again? Go go back and reevaluate that before and after, right? That's value. That's where value rests in that shift. And what's the distance? How far do we move people from the before state to the after state? What is the gap in that continuum? 
the wider the gap, the, the more value you provide, the more than you, that you can charge. You think about doctors. Before, dead. After, not dead, right? I think they should so maybe they get charged. paid more, yeah, right? Obviously, you know, yeah. These surgeons, but... Um, so, 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 okay, so advertising dollars is one way to get noticed. What's another way? Uh, some I, people don't have, they're sitting, in, they're, they're living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, of course. But they have a good idea for an ebook, for a 20 page ebook. Yeah, so again, it's it's either time or it's money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, our, our mutual friend, Sam Ferris, I mean, he went out when he was, before he was coming out with 4 Hour Work Week, and he hit up every major conference and event, and he made friends so that when his book was out, he could ask. I mean, so you're, you're networking, you're making friends, you're going to influencers, but that does take a long time because you've got to deliver value in advance. Right. You can't just say, hi, nice to meet you, I'm James, I want to promote my book, right? Only nobody's going to do that. I mean, Tim was blogging for what, five years or something yeah. before his book came out. Yeah. I mean, so you can do it quickly with money or you can take some time and you can do it, uh, accomplish it a little bit more slowly, but none of this is get rich quick. Right. None of it is. We're always building a business. The other thing that you can do is partner with somebody who maybe has some attention. There's lots of people out there. This was the whole concept of you know the content and commerce event. There's lots of people who have aggregated attention. That's what media is, right? Is aggregated attention, but they're not monetizing it well. So, so, so like maybe for, you go to them. You know, maybe somebody's got a killer, killer like weight loss podcast or a weight loss blog. They're not making any money. Hey, I got this product. We should go into business together. That I think actually that is the best idea because in in I would say my last two or three successful businesses, that's been my go-to technique. That was when I did same thing in college. I was I would partner with experts and I would pay them a royalty to to write the book and I would market it. And and but but so you were the distribution for them, mm-hmm. right? But you were able to market it because you knew all, back then all the tricks. So like, let's say I'm in, let's say again I'm um in my cubicle and I have this idea for the simple diet, and I'm also gonna trash the 500 scammy diets. Who who should I then partner with? Like some weight loss company or some other internet marketer who does diet books or? Yeah, you you probably want to look for somebody who is talking to. I mean, the best strategic partnerships is someone who is talking to who you want to talk to but they're not offering what you have to offer, mm. right? That is the that is the formula for a great strategic partnership. So I wouldn't approach somebody who's already selling, you know, eBooks or books or courses or any of that stuff, right? Don't call it Beachbody. They, they could make your book, they could pay somebody 20 bucks and have that book made. They, they right. already have the infrastructure to do that. They don't need you. Right. But now you find somebody with a really great blog. Like maybe you go find a mommy blogger who, who's out there uh, talking and has a good following but is it monetizing? And you go and you take your book, which really could work for anyone, and now you say, okay, let's tweak what we have to, to better focus to, to this audience, and let's make this about how moms can get, you know, get back to their pre-baby body or you know, pre-baby weight, right? It, it's probably 90% of the content is the same, but you attach it and you make it market-centric, right? So you're not trying to sell everything to everyone. You, you do, frankly, what Facebook did, right? You, you make it market-centric. You know, Facebook said, we're going to be for Harvard and then all colleges. And then I think that's another big mistake that people make when they're first getting started. They say, you know, who's your, who's your product for? Everybody. Well, that may be true, but that doesn't mean that's where you should start. You know, and this is, this is where, and you know, it's funny. It's funny how much how this concept comes up in this podcast not just about business, but about, let's say, writing or art or entertainment, that we're in a world now where, uh, uh, and I hate for that phrase, in a world, it keeps making me think of, in a world, but we're, <laughs> we're in this world now where 
it's it's about niche. It's about getting smaller and finding the yeah. niche where you're really going to excite the people in that niche. So so Seinfeld was seen by 30 million people across the country. Mad Men was seen by 4 million people, but people who liked Mad Men loved it more than the average person loved Seinfeld. So right. you want to find the people who are going to really love you enough to buy your product. And you gave me you just gave me a great idea. I do know some mommy blogs out there who are trying to monetize, but they don't have the products. So I'm going to go contact them. And as an experiment, I'm going to help them find products and monetize it. Yeah. And, uh, just, and you know what? For people listening to this, and if you're wondering how you can do what Ryan does and start a profitable online business and make extra income and not be tied to your desk, then I really encourage you to check out what Ryan does. He's such a great resource. I've known him for so long, for five years now. You've given me a bunch of resources over the years. I've always called you when I've needed help, and you've always answered. I'm going to include those resources on my blog as part of the show notes, which I write after every podcast. I write about what I've learned and the takeaways I find useful. So I think it'll be really helpful for people listening. Check it out on my blog, jamesaltucher.com slash Ryan. So, so Ryan, you've given us advice on uh, how to make money from the cubicle and start that kind of career. This is great. So much value. Yeah, we could talk so, all day. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. This thanks. is great. Thanks, buddy. So that, that was good. So much value. For more from James, check out the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network at jamesaltucher.com and get yourself on the free insiders list today. Hooray! Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find?